Hello everybody and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, yarn and comedy in equally large measures. Coming up in today's show we've got the latest rundown from the Golden Skein, I have a review that I know a lot of you have been looking forward to of WTF Knits and we have the return of the sock segment with directions in sock knitting. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 27 of the podcast, Toe Up or Cuff Down for Socks and WTF Knits. Today is Sunday the 14th of December 2014. How are you all? A big hello to any new listeners that have joined me, particularly if you've come over from a playful day. And hello to any returning listeners. It's always wonderful to have you back with me and uh, thanks for letting me come and chat in your ears for another episode. Thank you to everyone who's got in contact since the last episode. There was going to be an episode last week, but unfortunately I was quite sick. And despite my best efforts during the week, um, I just didn't have time, unfortunately, to record for you. I was still quite sick for sort of Monday and Tuesday and as uh, many of you will know it was the opening night of the pantomime on Friday so we were practicing Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and pretty much when I wasn't practicing I was uh, brandishing a hot glue gun and fixing up costumes or putting sleeves into wedding dresses for, for the pantomime or you name it really it was a lot of costume fabrication and running around uh, along with a lot of other of my my ordinary work uh, taking up quite a bit of time so yeah I am back though I'm back today and uh, hopefully you won't have missed me too much in the interim because it's quite busy at this time of year and everyone's running around a little bit uh, so hopefully you'll have time to sit down and, and relax with me today or maybe I'll keep you company on your commute perhaps the um, pantomime is going quite well as I mentioned the opening night was quite um, quite interesting. The, the sound and light was a little bit kind of ropey around the edges and yesterday afternoon we had the local beavers in uh, and they were a bit of a tough crowd. They they got the whole booing at the baddie thing, they didn't get the cheering at the goodie thing and uh, they were obsessed with tiger poo. So yeah, it was a little bit interesting uh, dealing with them because a lot of the jokes in the pantomime, and if you've been to a pantomime before, you'll understand this, are quite kind of um, adult-orientated in that children just don't generally won't get the kind of nuances of the humour. Um, for instance, there must be about 15 or 20 dick jokes in there, but as it's part of the kind of conversation and there's a guy in it called Dick, none of the kids laugh. Uh, so it's much easier, I think, to kind of... Um, when the crowd are involved and, and making a noise, you feel a little bit more kind of calm. We were quite worried that the children weren't enjoying themselves, but they did apparently. They just didn't know when to laugh at dick jokes, which is probably a good thing, I think, when you're a beaver and you're probably about eight. You probably shouldn't be laughing at that kind of thing. Um, so they, they were quite good fun, bless them. I have another uh, show this afternoon at half past two, and then we have, I think, one three shows next weekend and then then we're finished so it is quite enjoyable actually I've, I've quite um although it's been quite a lot of hard work it is quite good fun to kind of see it all come together and to do the show and for people to come out smiling and there was a little child yesterday who she must have been about two maybe and every time I went on the stage she just said meow 
meow, meow, all the way through it. She was really cute. So at the end, I was stood by the door and she came out and she couldn't believe that the cat was right there and she could talk to the cat. And uh, she was really cute. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. And the beast and Sanimal came along as well yesterday. And I did think she would at some point, probably in the first scene, shout, Mummy, that's my mummy. Look, hello, mummy. Uh, but she didn't. But I did hear her in the background uh, when there's a scene where I kill a lot of rats. And uh, she's like, my mummy killed the rats. Look, daddy. And I could hear a rat from the back of the theatre shouting about how I kill these rats. So... I think they had a good time. Sanimal just looked cross-eyed when he came out. I think it was sensory overload. They might have lights and sounds and songs and colours. He just looked like he'd been hit by a bus, bless him. So uh, he enjoyed that. And there, there is a picture. I know all the catsuit pervs have been asking for pictures of the catsuit. There is one on Instagram now. So if you're that way inclined, pop along and uh, and have a look. In other news, uh, if you listen to A Playful Days podcast, uh, and I'm sure a lot of you will, but if you don't, pop on over and have a little listen to her. Uh, I did a guest segment in episode 71, uh, which was released last weekend, and it's a pattern pick. Not wanting to spoil it too much, but I know those of you who like pattern picks uh, will enjoy this one. It is on a Santa theme, and it's at the end of episode 71. Uh, for about the last 15 minutes or so if you want to listen to that but obviously I do recommend you listen to it all the way through if you don't listen already and I've also um, done a guest blog post for um, Green Triangle Girl of a Playful Day that was published yesterday over on her blog and that's about um, luxury yarns that uh, the colours basically remind me of chocolate I got all inspired to write a blog post about Cadbury's Roses other chocolates are available but we've boycotted Nestle on this show and um, not that I particularly like craft either they've definitely gone downhill roses since they were bought out definitely they're proper naff now they don't taste that nice anymore but it's a bit overly sweet if if you remember roses from like the 80s when it was a proper tree and you got the big tub in a metal tin it wasn't in plastic tin tubs then it was like in metal tins that you could keep for the whole well forever because it was metal and probably make it into a sewing kit um it, I was thinking about that and remembering being at my granny's house and she always had this big tin of roses we all kind of fought over and uh, there's a selection of uh, hand-dyed lovelies on there that remind me of Cadbury's roses from the 80s so uh, hop on over and check it out I will put a link in the show notes if you haven't seen it already and you can go and have a quick look and finally in the introduction section thank you very much to everybody who has sent me a link in the past, uh, sorry I know I shouldn't laugh halfway through a sentence but I can see it in my head and it's making me laugh um, who has sent me a link in the last couple of weeks to uh, the Baby Louie pattern on Ravelry which is a pattern for a knitted baby naked kind of doll baby called Louie thing it's got a little garter stitch bum I think from memory uh, I'll put a link in the show notes <laughs> I don't know whether I should be proud or slightly disturbed at the number of people who sent this to me, but thank you very much to you all. I did have a really good giggle at that. Enjoyed it a lot. I'm not sure I'm going to make it into a pattern pick because I don't really know how I'm going to describe all of that horror. Uh, but yeah, the designer is quite talented. You know, it can't be easy to design a full-on textile baby uh, pattern. So uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Hop on over and have a look. So, without further ado, I think we'll uh, go on to the show. 
So I alluded to it last time and I'll tell you about it this time. The latest quarter of the Golden Scape was dispatched at the beginning of December and everyone pretty much should have received their parcels by now, although I'm reliably informed that a parcel might have gone missing and in fact to the same person that the last one went missing to because Royal Mail very helpfully sent it for some unknown reason to Australia when it was clearly marked United States and uh, we sent another one out and then it dutifully turned up saying sent to Australia by mistake big sticker on the front it's just like oh really really so yeah Royal Mail I think struggling a little bit at the moment I know it's Christmas but things are taking a, a bit of a painfully long amount of time to arrive and apparently they don't have to abide by their own kind of service standards in December because of the volume of mail. So um, they don't have to meet the kind of, you know, one to two days of first class or whatever else. So you may as well just send everything second class because they don't have to make it turn up on time anyway. And funny old thing, they've got a, a promotion on second class parcels at the moment. So that all fits in quite nicely, doesn't it? Um, in no way cynical at all there. And... Uh, Anyway, on to the yarns. The picture that we had was of um, a firework display over Hong Kong um, Harbour and it was by Lin Yihan. And the dyes that we had this time were Niche, who are from New Zealand, Bartat, who are from Yorkshire, and Eden Cottage Yarns, who are also from Yorkshire. I know there were two Yorkshire dyes in there and I am quite clearly Lancastrian. It was just... It was just chance that that happened. It wasn't planned um, at all to be a bit of a Yorkshire fest, but it just turned out to be. I didn't realise till Kate pointed it out, but she is of the Yorkshire persuasion, so she was quite happy. And uh, yeah, they've all gone out. Everyone seems quite happy with those. So the first one was uh, Niche, and this was done on the uh, Niche sock base. It's 100% high twist New Zealand um, superwash merino. And the colourway is gunpowder, treason and plot. And it's sort of like a tonal, variegated really, going from kind of reds through to kind of dark blue, indigo, purpley violet. And um, yeah, it's quite not necessarily what you would kind of think straight away with all the firework pictures. It's definitely more of like inspired by the darkness of the sky and everything kind of going into that. Um, but that one's quite pretty, I quite like that one. It makes some really nice kind of accessories or some cabled socks perhaps. The second one, I, I don't know whether it is my favourite or not because I really love the Eden Cottage one because it's like one of my favourite colours ever. But the second one was Bartat hand-dyed yarns who were from Ilkley in Yorkshire. Bartat is, a, Ilkley more is a song and Bartat is part of it, Ilkley Moore Bartat is the title of the song and it's basically about a guy and it's like how long have I seen, has it been since I've seen you on Ilkley Moor without your hat, Bartat. And um, that's run by Sherry who is American I think from memory from when I met her uh, but she lives in Yorkshire and um, this is just a super super fun colourway. It is dyed onto standard kind of 75, 25 uh, superwash merino and nylon sock base and it is just it's like a unicorn's tail it reminds me of rainbow bright or my favorite ever my little pony that i used to have with the rainbow hair it is so pretty and so fun um 
but throughout it, it's also um half of the skin is actually dyed in a kind of deep blue to kind of tone down the frivolity if you will of the colorway um to make it a bit more suitable for knitting a variety of things i think that's probably my favorite one i absolutely loved it i squealed out loud when i opened the box it was just like a massive box of fun um because that was the first one to turn up as well and i was just that was it i was i was so excited um so i'm not really sure what i'm going to knit with that i don't know whether just to do plain socks or do something with slip stitches because I think that would look really cool as well um but yeah that was the Bartat and uh, they're available via Etsy Niche is available um via a website and I'll put the links in the show notes to that and then finally we have Eden Cottage Yarns um who are from Yorkshire hand dyed by Victoria and this is on their Titus base which is 75% superwash merino 25% silk and it's just a really rich blue, royal blue colourway, and that is called Nighttime Cityscape. Now, Victoria doesn't normally do custom dyes. She has her set colours that she does, that she's developed, and that's what she does. She doesn't ordinarily do custom colourways for anyone. So this is a bit of a one-off, and she randomly agreed to do it for us when we when we got in touch with her. Uh, she just thought, yeah, that sounds quite, quite fun, I'll do that, whereas normally she doesn't do it so it is definitely a one-off thing that you're not going to be able to get again and that's kind of the whole point really of our colorways um it's just to have something different and have it as a proper collection that's been designed and is themed around the picture and it's been it's not just some random oh it's going to be pinks this time or just give us whatever pinks you've got in to dye us they are specifically given the picture and given free reign to do what they want with it which is why, and you'll see this, I'll put a picture in the show notes, you can see the blue in each of the skeins, which you wouldn't expect. You'd expect it maybe to be the black. And for instance, the Eden Cottage, I thought would be a peachy or a pinky colourway because that's very much along her aesthetic and it's kind of really understated and subtle but pretty colourways. Um, and she, she came out with the blue. So it just shows you that if you give, the dyes kind of free reign and allow them to be creative they will generally come out with something a little bit different but it's still very much their style um which i think is quite interesting so they were the the um dyes for this quarter and i would heartily encourage you to go along and check out their offerings on the various websites um and see if there's anything there that take your fancy because the whole point of tgs is not to be it's just us it's just our club and we're not going to share it with anyone else the whole point is is to introduce all of you as well to different dyes if you like trying different dyes but maybe you're not kind of comfortable with the idea of letting us go mental and just send you some send you some yarn um although most people do love it um you know you can go along and check them out yourselves anyway and, and maybe discover some new dyes which is is the whole point and as we are celebrating our first birthday and the end of our first year of trading proper, we have commissioned a pattern which we gifted to everyone that's supported us in our first year. And it is now available for general purchase on Ravelry at £3.50, designed by our very own Claire Devine. Well, Charlie Beasy's very own Claire Devine guest. Um, guest host who you will hear a little bit later on chatting about socks and uh, it's the pattern is called Kunya which is Zulu for one and it is a crescent shaped shawl 
it's mostly stocking stitch around the body and then the the end has a very pretty beaded lace border which you could either bead or you could just do it as the lace on its own and you need 400 meters of any kind of hand dyed or you know commercial yarn will be fine as well any yarn that you want to use you'll be able to make this shawl as long as it is a fingering weight yarn i mean you could do it in a different weight but you would need to adjust your needle size and claire's actually going to do some instructions for if you've got some skeins that are coming up a little bit short because quite a few of the tgs skeins this year would be very pretty in this pattern but are just a little bit short on yardage she's going to put in some extra instructions so you'll be able to do that but what we would like to do is invite all of you to come and join in with us everyone's going to be knitting the same pattern you need like i say your 400 meters or there or thereabouts of of your yarn and you can either use one of our yarns you can use one of the yarns from the dyers that we've had before and go and have a look at them and see what else they've got if you've got a special skin and you're not really sure what to do with it you could use that um, there's loads and loads of options out there. Everyone has got 400 metres of fingering weight yarn lying around somewhere. And we'd like to invite you all to come and join in. We're going to have a knit along and it's casting on on the 20th. But don't worry, we know a lot of people have still got knitting to do for Christmas. So if you want to join in a few days later, you can absolutely do that. And uh, we're going to have some prizes and we're all going to knit along on this shawl. Um, and you've got basically till the 1st of March to finish it. It is quite a um, versatile pattern. It's very simple, allowing the kind of beauty of the yarns to shine through and, you know, to kind of be themselves without overcomplicating it with a lot of other kind of details, which means you could use self-stripe for it, you could use some variegated yarns for it, you could use a really special, you know, golden skin for it, which is what I'm going to do. And it is actually gold. And I've, I've ummed and ahed about this, this skein for so long. I thought, sod it, I'm going to make an actual golden skein, golden project with it. So that's what I'm going to use. It is Five Moons Diana um, base, which is a 50% merino, 50% silk. And it is in the Fool's Gold colourway. Five Moons do some lovely, lovely yarns as well. So if you haven't seen them before, hop over and check them out. Um, and I'm going to use some Miyuki Triangle beads uh, for the beaded part. Uh, the beads are in the pattern are seed beads that Claire's used, but she said I could definitely use the triangle beads. They're slightly larger. Um, you know me, subtlety's probably not uh, <laughs> not my forte when it comes to knitting. Um, but why not? You know, if you're going to celebrate, then let's celebrate. So all of you are welcome along to join in. If you would like to go get the pattern, but you don't want to knit along with us because you knit too slowly or you don't enjoy knit alongs, then that's absolutely fine. Just come and show us your project afterwards. It'd be really interesting to see where everyone goes with it. So the thread is on Ravelry in the, the Golden Skein group. I'll put a link in the show notes, but please, please feel free. If you want to treat yourself over Christmas, get some beautiful yarn and come and have a laugh with us, then you're more than welcome. Don't worry if you've never done beading before and you would like to try it. There'll be some blog posts. Everyone in the group is really friendly and helpful. There's a lot of quite experienced knitters in there who will help us out as well. So come on over and enjoy our company. So I think on to the review you've all been waiting for. WTF Knit. So I've been very kindly sent a copy of WTF Knits to review 
by uh, Tessa Henderson at Transworld Publishers. So thank you very much for sending this to me, Tessa. It's much appreciated. And I know there's been a lot of excitement on um, Instagram and things when I shared a, a picture of the front of the book. And people are very much looking forward to hearing uh, what I've got to say about it. So I'm delighted to bring this review to you today. And I will kick off by reading out the press release for it. So you've got a bit more of the background. And then I will give you my opinion on the book. So, WTF Knits by Gabrielle Grillo and Lucy Sweet. Published by Bantam Press on the 23rd of October. Hardback, 9 Um, On the back of the book it says 7 so I will double-check that for you because um, I'm not sure which of those is the correct price, but it is available via Amazon. A hilarious collection of the weirdest knitting you'll ever see. Forget scarves and bobble hats, here are some woolen wonders that will really blow your mind. For the last four years, Gabrielle Grillo has been scouring the web for the most bizarre knitted items she can find. In this hysterically funny book, she has collected the very best of her finds, from a knitted Christmas turkey cosy to woolly vomit, they have to be seen to be believed. After you've read WTF Knits and stitch your sides back together, you might just be inspired to dust off your needles, dig out your balls of wool and knit something downright odd yourself. <laughs> About the authors. Gabrielle Grillo lives in Bordeaux, France, and she likes to knit conventional things like scarves and cardigans. She discovered the world of strange knits in 2010 and chose to start a Tumblr about it. I think I could be friends with this girl. Lucy Sweet is a writer and cartoonist who lives in Glasgow, Scotland. She contributes to websites and publications such as The Mirror, Parent Dish, Nick Mom and Glamour. She has written two novels. Now on the bottom of the press release, which obviously I can't read out to you, but I can describe it, is um, what appears to be some crocheted... Oh, it's not food. It's not food at all. It looks like a crocheted hamburger. It's on a plate. It has indeed a knife and fork next to it. And as I looked at it to decide whether it was indeed crochet or knitting, I noticed that it's actually a cover for a tortoise. And there's a tortoise on, on the plate with a hamburger cover on <laughs> next to this is um what appears to be a balaclava for siamese twins or indeed people who just want to be really really close to one another and it's two balaclavas in one that are attached together with a man looking one way with very creepy kind of eyes and a woman looking the other way in a way that can only be described as save me now and their um their balaclavas are attached together and the final one, always a favourite in my book, is a dog. It's not a tiny dog this time. It looks like a collie cross with um, a rabbit hat, rabbit-eared hat on. So that's quite funny. Um, obviously, I've slipped straight from the press release right into my opinion there at the end. But I thought I would share that with you because I thought you'd enjoy it. Um, the book itself is uh, in between a sort of A6 and an A5 size. It's quite small, smaller than I was expecting it to be. And on the front of the book is a little pussycat that's wearing a balaclava, again. Uh, in, And it is a shark, it would appear, with a fin and everything. I might have even featured this in one of the pattern picks at some point, I think. Because um, it looks quite familiar. So it's quite a little book ideal for a stocking filler and on the back there is a knitted knitted crocheted William Tell with an apple on his head uh, and an arrow in his eye <laughs> and blood everywhere yes 
interesting one. And uh, in the book itself is, as I say, it's it's quite little, so it, it would fit in your knitting bag if you want to take it to uh, to knit night and show it off a little bit. And in the credits it says, to everyone who has sent me such bad taste photos to fuel my blog, and especially to Goran, my dear friend, and the person who has been my most prolific image provider. And it's it's not chapterized or anything, it's sort of just a weird and wonderful knitted journey. And within all of these, um, all, all of the, 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 the pages, there's a picture of the project, and then underneath there's like a witty caption. And I'll read it what um, Gabrielle Grillo has to say, and I'll give you the Tumblr address, although it is swearing in the address. So um, if you've got any little ears, you're going to need to put your hands over them. And it says, but while you're laughing, it's important to remember that although these pictures of boob cushions or crocheted turds are funny, someone somewhere worked hard to craft them, whether it was for fun or to make a work of art. These pieces might be baffling, but they're original and they're made with love. So I want to say thank you to all the people who have created these amazingly weird knits and allowed us to publish their photos. And I also want to pay homage to them because I think the world is a more creative and interesting place filled with tortoise cozies, weird balaclavas and princess layer hats. As for the girl who posted that first image on Twitter, sadly she's no longer with us. She'll never know that this crazy book exists because of her post or that the royalties that come from it will go to a charity that supports research into the disease that took her. But I'm sure she'd agree that a book which features catch, cats in shark hats and dogs with dreadlocks is no place for sadness. Instead, dip into it at your leisure, find your favourite photo and yell out WTF and let's all get inspired to start knitting, crocheting and yarn bombing the world, one well-endowed sock monkey at a time. And it is earmuffs, fuckedupknitting.tumblr.com is, um, is the address. So... She, she's covered it all basically there as it as you go through the book there are a lot of hilarious patterns i do have some favorites one of which appears to be an entire bondage set made out of pink yarn crocheted pink yarn complete with gimp mask um cat and nine tails long gloves knee-high boots handcuffs you name it there even appears to be a neck cuff on it there um that's in there um other things standout patterns for me that I thought was were quite hilarious um, is one of um, a crocheted unicorn that seems to have impaled a teddy bear and there's blood on its unicorn horn and there's blood everywhere and it just says Teddy didn't believe in unicorns he does now <laughs> um, which is just it's just hilarious some of them are really weird just really random you just look at it and go what um, Others, you think actually maybe I would, I would make that. There are several of them that could be on um, fashion wankers. I don't know if you follow that on um, on Twitter that account um, at fashion wankers. Sorry, that should have been another kind of warning of, of slight swear in there. Um, a lot of them are on on the catwalk and appear to be something that could easily feature uh, on the the kind of uh, feed. And if you do like comedy knitwear, fashion wankers are the people to follow. There are a number of tortoise cozies, including one for Batman. Uh, he's like proper got bat, bat wings and everything, which are clearly hilarious. Um, the knitted turkey cozy. There's a, a Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. Um, amongst many other weird and wonderful ones, including a knitted toilet that appears to have eaten someone and the legs are just sticking out. I don't think I saw 
I don't think I saw a toilet roll cosy. So, Gabrielle, that would be my one bit of feedback to you. You can't have a WTF knits without a toilet roll cosy in there. It's just not acceptable. Um, it is a stocking filler book. It's funny. It's probably one of those books that if you keep a collection in your downstairs toilet for people to look at and marvel at how funny and clever you are, that you would keep it there. It's a fun gift for a knitter. Um, in a secret Santa swap, perhaps, for your knit group or anything like that, it would be fun. Um, the only thing I would say is that if you do want to make any of these, there are no links to where you can find the patterns, which is a bit of a shame, really. I wonder if they could maybe do it on, on the her blog or something, that you could actually go and find them if you wanted to, because it seems a shame for these people to have made the patterns um, and for them not to be like obviously available. And I don't think I've seen it anywhere in the acknowledgements or the credits that you, of somewhere you can go and find them, which is a bit of a shame. Um, there is a link of of websites for to acknowledge the pictures, but it doesn't actually link straight to where the patterns are. So if you're looking for a pattern book for this kind of stuff, you are not going to get it in this book. But if you just want something that's a bit fun, um, that'll give you a bit of a good laugh and... You know, you've, you heard the blurb at the beginning in the spirit of um, of having a good laugh at knitwear and celebrating all those people who do make comedy patterns and we do celebrate all of those um, designers with a sense of humour on this, this podcast, then this could be the book for you. As I said earlier, I will do a little giveaway of this book and uh, one of you lucky listeners will get it because I couldn't possibly just keep it to myself because I know how much you guys all love the comedy knitting. So, um, in order to enter, all you need to do is go over to the show notes page on my blog at www.shinybees.com and just leave a comment on the bottom of the show notes page and I will do a random draw with a random number generator of good fortune um, to pick a winner for that. And we'll, we'll do that. I'll give you over Christmas because I know you're all quite busy at the moment and in January someone's going to need... Um, all those are going to need to pick me up but someone's going to get one in the form of WTF Knits and we will close that on the 7th of January so if you leave a comment on the show notes post for this episode episode 27 to be in with a chance of winning that so that is my review of WTF Knits Weird Adventures in Wool by Gabrielle Grillo and Lucy Sweet it's available now priced at something between 7 99 and 9 and I know it's available on Amazon I'm sure it's available on other uh, book selling platforms as well again thank you very much to tessa for sending that um, book for review from transworld publishers so we have been joined once again by my illustrious co-hosts kate and claire um back on the sock surgery and this week we're going to be talking about direction as in whether you want to knit your sock toe up or whether you want to knit your sock cough down so welcome to the show again Claire and Kate. Hi. Hi. So we'll start with you Kate because I think you've got a question about um, which direction to knit socks in. Yes I do so far Claire in my knitting career I've only um, knit down so effectively I cast on and that's the top of the ankle and knit down the cuff turn the heel and then the length of the foot as long as I want it to be for my enormous feet. Um, but then I've seen other people talking about going the other direction, so starting with the toe and finishing with the ankle. And I don't really understand kind of how you do everything backwards or why it might be better to do it that way or not. So I just wondered if you could help me with that, please. Okay, of course. 
Um, so as you said, there are two main directions for sock knitting, top down and toe up. There are some genius designers out there who do all sorts of things like knit from the heel out and um, other wondrous different constructions. But the two main constructions are top down and toe up. Now, some people will tell you that toe up is much better because, or top down is much better because. I honestly believe that there are pros and cons to both methods and it's about working out what works for you and what you like doing and then understanding how different methods might affect the pattern. So as we talked about things like yarn choices and needle choices, there are many choices and it's really about understanding the implications of the decisions you make when you're making those choices um, as opposed to something being better than something else. So I when I first started knitting up socks, I was, well, I was adamant that I wasn't going to knit socks. And then I was adamant that I was only going to knit toe up socks. I have no idea why, but um, I was. So my first sock was a toe up sock, but actually now I prefer top down. So I suppose there you can see how it's a, a real sort of matter of personal taste. I think a lot of people start top down because essentially it's easier to start top down. You cast on usually about 64 stitches, so you've got a good number of stitches to work with, it's not fiddly, and you knit a tube, because you're knitting a leg, which is essentially a tube. Um, the tricky part of top down, which a lot of people will tell you is a reason they don't knit top down, is often you have to pick up stitches if you're doing a normal top down heel flap. And this seems to, strike fear into some knitters. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. Um, it's fairly easy to do, but I think in terms of getting a good result, you need a bit of practice and consistency, and that might be something that puts people off. But top-down is um, much easier to start, and the typical heel flap that you would knit on a top-down sock, providing you can manage those picking up those stitches, is very good for um, a good fit. So in terms of you've got quite a lot of control um, to fit the arch of the foot. Now, toe up, again, a lot of people will advocate that toe up socks are much easier to try on as you go. I don't really subscribe to this because I try on my top down socks as I go. So I'm not entirely sure why it's easier to try on a top sock than, it, than a top down sock but I'm sort of just trying to dispel some of the myths I think that are perpetuated through um, what people say about the different directions. I would say I think the problem with a toe up sock is it's quite fiddly to get going and um, so if you are new to working with sock weight yarn so a finer yarn or a finer needle or you're trying out magic loop for the first time, or you've not worked with double pointed needles, adding in an extra complication like a fiddly little toe um, makes things a little harder. So I think that's something to consider if you're just starting out and it might be that top down is better for you. The other thing with toe up is there are two main um, types of socks. I often see toe up socks knit with a short row heel. And the, the drawback of that is that there's not much room for your arch. So, and we'll talk about all of these things later on in terms of fit, but you might want to opt, especially if you have a high arch, for a toe-up sock with a gusset. Um, yeah, so 
because I haven't actually done a toe-up sock, I'm not 100% sure how you do or what's involved for a short row heel or then you said about a short row heel with a gusset if you need to for shaping. Um, so I, it'd be good to get a bit more information on that. Of course, sorry, I think I went a little technical there. Um, I, I spend too much time thinking about sock heels, obviously. I will do a little bit of a roundup, um, a very basic overview of the different types of heels, just so you have an idea on the difference between a short row heel or a heel with a gusset. And then later on, we'll talk about those in more detail. So I'll pop that up in the blog um, pretty much as soon as the podcast goes up with some with some examples of some patterns as well so you can see um, different examples. I suppose the other things I just want to touch on um, are uh, positive things for toe-up socks. Um, toe-up socks are excellent for getting the most out of your skein of yarn. You, this might be relevant if you either have big feet, as you said you did, <laughs> that um, sometimes if you're knitting for someone with a larger foot or um, you're knitting a, a sort of a pair of gents, because an average woman's size sort of six, um, you'll easily get that out of 100 grams. But if you're knitting for someone, a woman with larger feet, or especially men, um, for example, my husband has enormous feet. So if I'm knitting socks for him, knitting toe up is better because you know that you can um, knit until you run out of yarn and you're not going to run out of yarn for your final toe. Because what you might find if you're knitting top down is you knit sort of one and three quarter socks and then you run out of yarn which is a little soul destroying when all you've got is one toe to knit um, so if you are short of yarn or you are knitting for someone with big feet and you um, only have 100 grams or you have an amazing skein of yarn and you want to make sure that you knit every centimeter of that yarn my recommendation is split your yarn in two and then knit from the toe up until you run out of yarn and um, that's the best way to sort of maximise your yarn. So that's a great thing with toe-up socks. Um, we will talk about casting on in January when we get ready for um, our big knit-along and we all start knitting our socks together. But just a couple of things to remember. If you are knitting toe-up, you need a special cast-on for the toe and you need a special... Um, cast off or bind off depending on which side of the Atlantic you're on for to make sure that it's stretchy enough you don't have the same problem with top down though you do need to make sure that you don't cast on too tightly because the last thing you want is a cuff that either cuts off the circulation in your leg or actually can't be pulled far enough up your leg and we'll talk about fit in the next episode um, but I find that a long tail cast on is providing you don't do it too tightly is fine uh, and a variation on that which is my absolute favorite is a, a, a twisted sorry a German twisted cast on I always get that the wrong way around so that's sort of my overview of direction on the blog I'll put some pictures and there's some great diagrams that I did for my book Sock Anatomy that sort of show you all the different areas which will help you to start to get to grips with the terminology is there anything I've missed, Kate? I don't think so. I'm quite looking forward to actually uh, hearing more about the shaping, though, because it's given me a bit of a, a lead into that. Absolutely. I think there's so much to sort of learn about, especially heels. And um, 
I'm researching at the moment for an article that I'm writing about toes and it's brilliant because you think oh a toe is a toe but a whole article on toes a whole yes indeed (laughs) this is the world that I live in and yes a whole article on sock toes so um but there are so many different ways to make a toe because there are so many different shapes of foot you know no one has the same shape of foot and um yeah cool that's that's from me then thank you thanks Claire so we were talking about needles last time and there was a bit of a chat about it on uh, Twitter afterwards about people's different um, preferences when it comes to needles. So I'll read a couple of the tweets out and then um, Claire and Kate, if you've tried these methods, it'd be interesting to see what you think. So we were talking about the little nine inch circulars and Claire was not a great big fan of them and somehow, serendipitously, the... Um, Truly Myrtle blog, which is... Oh, what's her name? Libby. It's Li- I'm sure it's Libby. Oh, I can't remember. I think so. It's Libby. <laughs> it is Libby. Um, I hope it is. Uh, she'd written a blog post about it. I'm a terrible podcaster. Um, about using nine-inch circulars and how she found them. I don't think she got on with them that well either. I've never used them. I know Kate hasn't. But I know that Cece of the Geeky Girls is properly into them. And she tweeted us to say, I tried Continental with them and it was impossible. I recommend English when I recommend the needles. I remain a resounding yes vote. I now do intricate design work on them. Everything except the toes. Uh-huh. We had um, Isla, lovely Isla of Axe Home. Uh, she said, I like the theory of them. But I think I would end up fighting the magic loop and nice smooth circulars for me. That's my favourite. Magic loop and some nice smooth circulars. I'm I'm all for that. Thank you. Um, Victoria of Eden Cottage said, It's one of those things that's handy to be able to do, but I hate doing it. Wire everywhere. Ah! <laughs> and also, um, I'm sure it was in that voice as well. Can I like Mr Bean? And Mr Bean, ah! Or possibly a pirate. Ah! Um, Susan Buchanan, Sparkly Sue, said, I hate Magic Loop and the Nine Inch 2, far too fiddly. I love that because I think some people would say, oh, DPNs, you've just got needles everywhere. I just, I was fascinated to hear how, what some people think is really, really simple to other people is their worst nightmare. And what is really simple to them is someone else's worst nightmare. And I think it is testament to try lots of different things and do what works for you um as opposed to just listening to what somebody else says and thinking that's the only way or the best way to do it it's really what works for you yeah absolutely you've got a few more magic loop fans though there's tracy todd hunter um who's joining in in brackets saying dpns bring me out in hives it's magic hey. loop every time for me that, that's gonna be pretty disabling <laughs> when you work with with wool for a living and chemistry m said i agree re small needles just can't work with them magic loop for me need to learn two at a time though two at a time that, that's a whole of the podcast isn't it <laughs> it is it is and a whole lot of tangles but some people love it some people love it so um, and Tracy Todhunter said she always tells students to try 60 centimetre cord or short tips if they struggle longer ones can get in a tangle good that's a good suggestion actually maybe we should see if Victoria wants to try some 60 centimetre cables we should we, we, we can convince her away from the DPNs 
Well, well, Victoria chips in later on and says, Nick Pro for me too, because we went on to a conversation about brands. And she says, Nick Pro for me too, well, apart from my super special signature 2.5mm DPNs. Smiley face. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe we're not going to tempt her away from the, the signature DPNs. Probably not. But then, you know, the, the Nick Pro ones are never going to hurt her if she sits on them. She'll probably end up in hospital if she sits on a signature. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, That's we've all true. done it. You're laughing because we've all done it. Yeah. Um interchangeables for magic loop claire interchangeables yeah for magic loop well two things interchangeables for magic loop on socks is a little tricky because it's unusual to find a interchangeable that goes below 2.75 i believe that nip pro is three millimeters and i know for a fact that higher higher is 2.75 is the smallest they do on interchangeables yeah, that's so why I got one that wasn't, because my higher, higher interchangeables weren't small enough. Yeah, it's because they can't make the join small enough. Um, if you're using Magic Loop for other things, though, or knitting heavier weight socks, make sure you have tightened your needles, because I find that all the movement involved with Magic Loop um, makes the join, can make the join come come undone if you haven't tightened it properly, and that's never an ideal situation because then all your stitches fall off your needles i speak from experience this actually happens to me quite a lot so (laughs) i should maybe take my own advice and tighten my needles properly oh we've got another one here from perplexed um that says she uses two 24 inch circulars what's that in in the metric revolution 60 60. Uh, Chiagu or Inox slash Prim. The teeny circs just make my keyboard abusing hands wince. And she also said, oh, and tried the squares, didn't find them that helpful in terms of easing RSI. Was also allergic to the metal they're made out of. Oh, goodness. So I wonder what they're made out of. Maybe they've got a bit of nickel in them or something. Mm. A lot of them are nickel plated, actually. A lot of the needles. I think Knit Pro needles are nickel, nickel plated. They're cubics. Conical plated. Ah, oh, that must so. be what it is then. And I think that was more or less it. If I didn't get to your tweet, then please, uh, I do apologise. I might have to do a, a hashtag for it to make them easier to find. Um, because, <laughs> because I'm so popular. <laughs> because Claire and Kate favourite my tweets, and that's why I've got lost in my timeline. Nobody else cares. <laughs> um, Can I chime in with one one last thing that I discovered this morning? Um, so I was chatting to the lovely Rachel at Tangled Yarn because um, she's amazing and wonderful and she's sending me, um, well she's sending us some things to review as Joe mentioned, but while I was having a, a scout around the, the website, which I had to do because obviously that's, you know, it's, it's a needs must, I happened upon some Addy um, double pointed needles called Addy Colabari or something, I can't pronounce them, um, that are all different colours. So you've got five needles in five different colours, which I just think would be the most amazing um, tool to help you learn um, about knitting with double-pointed needles because instead of got instead of having one, two, three, four in numbered needles, you can have different colours. I'm sort of a, a visual learner like that, so I colour my knitting charts and the like. But um, I just thought I'd put that out there because I know sometimes students find it difficult to know where the stitches are supposed to go and I owe you all a blog post about that which is coming but um I saw these needles this morning and thought what a brilliant solution so if you're a DPN fan and you want some 
extra colour in your life. I had to have a look at those. I'm getting a pair to try out, so I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. No, that sounds really good, because that's definitely something I struggled with initially with DPNs, because I love DPNs. But when they're all the same colour, and it's like, on needle one, have this, this and this. And you'll just keep, you have to keep looking to go, which is needle one? Yep. It's quite confusing. And I suppose it'd be quite good for, if you are doing blog posts, you can have the, the continuity of the colours every time, and it just always looks the same every time if you're doing tutorials. So Absolutely. So I accidentally purchased a pair this morning, you know, <laughs> as, as you do. I'm sure you just coughed and that was it, it had gone through. But I know, Kate, you quite like Tangled Yarn as well, don't you? I do. I get loads of things from Tangled Yarn. I really like the way that um, the patterns and potential yarns for use are kind of linked together to give me ideas. So, yeah, I like the inspiration that's given in there as well. First class enabling. We like it. We like it a lot. So thank you to everyone who joined in on Twitter and gave us their opinion on needles. And if you would like to tweet us anything about your opinion on directions for socks or whether you've got any top tips that you want to share with us or any questions indeed that you want to uh, send through to Claire and to get her opinion on and use the hive mind, uh, then please do just send them through. You can either send them on email or via Ravelry or Twitter, wherever is easiest for you really, just uh, just ping them through and, and we'll try and get them into the show. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this episode. Just a quick reminder that there are a couple of giveaways from previous episodes still running and are open until the 22nd of December over on Ravelry for a copy of Mzanzi South Africa on My Needles by Sally Cameron and also the wonderful Tiger Tiger colourway um, by Linda of Coach House Yarns. And both of those will be drawn um, shortly after the 22nd. So it's your final chance to get in there and have a go at winning some of those. And I guess all that remains for me to say now is thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you're a new listener that's come over from a playful day, I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. And uh, I'll speak to you all again soon. Happy crafting. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes to this episode can be found on the blog at www.shinybees.com. I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest and Facebook, so feel free to give me a shout. Or you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided courtesy of Music Alley and is by Adam and the Waltz Boys. It's I Need a Drink. Need a friend.